Hello everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Mangum Reads. This week, we categorize a canticle on a confiding yet convivial computer's contemplations on community consent to computational consciousness while commissioning crowd care in courteous compensation for copies, canvases, and cartoons of cats. With me as per usual are PJ and Sarah. How are y'all doing? I am I'm... conspicuously cantankerous, Spencer, but enjoying your cacophony, so it's fine. I'm quite content with your caterwauling, and it continues to impress. C is just the greatest word ever. You can just riff on that one forever. <laughs> well, on this episode of Mangum Reads, BJ, you had a recommendation for us. What story are we talking about this week? I did have a recommendation. Um, it is um, Cat Pictures, Please by Naomi Kreitzer, which was published in Clark's World magazine, which I'd never heard of. Um, but it is another C. Um, and I chose this because uh, it was a Hugo Award winner. And that seemed to only sometimes lead us wrong. <laughs> it's done pretty well on average. Well, And we are right well on average for this story. <laughs> <laughs> and as per tradition, before we actually get into the meat of the story, Sarah, you have a drink and usually bad reviews for us, but I think you're doing something different this week. Yes, so I have, and these, um, my, my new addition uh, this week is related to my drink as well, so uh, we'll see how this goes. But I have... A cocktail that is making me very happy right now, and it oh. is uh, called a party cat, which you know we are oh, appropriate. So do you say it's pretty perfect. <laughs> it's, it's oh oh oh, mm. Mm. beer is not helping with pain. Spencer, you you just have to prepare your yourself for a lot of cat puns right now, and it'll just be oh. fine. <laughs> did you just say meow? I believe you did. When? Um, <laughs> Oh my god, I'm gonna need more of these drinks. So, yeah. uh, this is a party cat, which we are we are breaking with t- tradition and recording this on a Friday night. So I am very excited to have this drink right now, and mm. um, it is a delightful shade of pink because it is composed of some freshly squeezed ruby red grapefruit juice, uh, some mezcal. Um, about in equal parts for both of those. Uh, it then has a little bit of simple syrup and a dash of bitters. Those were the recipe called for cardamom bitters. But BJ, you actually gave me over New Year's some very interesting bitters that you had brought with you. Where did those come from? Um, well, they came from a local store. Um, <laughs> and they they are Australian bitters. They did not actually come from Australia, which I feel like would have made for a much better um, segment. But um, basically, your continuous talk of these wonderful cocktails made me, uh, along with having some cocktails when I was out here, I was just like, you know, I should probably at least have some things to have some cocktails every so often, rather than basically have wine or whiskey and that being essentially the only drinks that i have on a regular basis um at least in my house um and so i found them and i i mean they're aromatic bitters and i think they're lovely and and taste wonderful and i was just like well i need to bring these to sarah because i feel like you would have at least an informed opinion as opposed to mine which is like well i like it i don't know (laughs) 
Um, well, I don't. I mean, that's about what my opinion on them is. But they are de- they are delicious in this cocktail. Well, because they're a little bit they're a little bit smoky in and of themselves, um, and then combined with the mezcal, it it has this um, like really earthy smokiness to it, um, which I really appreciate. The cocktail is then topped off with sparkling wine. Um, so it is lovely. I've also included a lemon garnish on it in the shape of a cat. So, you know, that's making me happy as well. Um, uh, and I do think that the, the picture that is going to come with this cocktail for this episode is, in fact, a cat picture. <laughs> yes. Uh, of did, a cat cocktail. So a, if the internet appropriately gods... Appropriately <laughs> pay the cat yes. tax. Um, uh, I expect. Did Picasso enjoy the drink? Um, she took one sniff of it and looked at me and did that thing where cats sort of continue to breathe through their mouths to continue to smell whatever it is that they've smelled because they can't <laughs> quite believe what it was that they smelled the first time. So. Sounds like a positive review. Hard to say, really. <laughs> a curious. Review, it, it was it was a curious review. Um, well, as yes. as compared to drinks over prior uh, prior weeks, where would this one rank? Top of the list? Um, it's it's very good. Uh, it, it's very good. I'm not sure that it's my favorite drink that I've made necessarily, um, but it's certainly in I don't know the top top ten. I would say <laughs> we, we've had Probably enough drinks now. What? reasonably well above a C. Yes, I would say I would give it um I'd give it a solid B. Nice. Yeah. Um it it's one of those drinks that I kind of only want to have one of simply because it does have so much smokiness in it that mm-hmm. you're kind of done with that flavor profile after one of them. Yeah. Seems reasonable. But it's well, a good way to start we, an evening. Now we usually set you on the task of trying to find what one star reviews we can mock or agree with or whatever else but apparently that was a bit of a challenge when it came to this story yeah i don't um everything i saw everywhere i looked everyone liked this story and the collection that it came from um which i think this is the title story for that collection if i'm not mistaken i could be remembering that wrong it doesn't matter um everybody liked it or the internet has decided um to make sure that everyone liked it yeah. The internet or an omnipotent AI watching the, watching us right now? Whatever. Uh, so, I feel like Goodreads is definitely not omnipotent. <laughs> um, Fair. Yeah. So, barring that, since that was kind of off the table at this point, um, as if some cat had come off and come around and taken specific offense to it and knocked it straight to the ground, um, <laughs> I will say that in my process of researching cat-related cocktails to make tonight, I came across a recipe that I clicked on because I was like, oh, maybe this is interesting for me and it was not what I expected. Um, I have found a recipe for a catini, which is actually a cocktail for cats. What? So if you would like to hear the ingredients, what's um, that, BJ? Before you go too deep into this, Spencer, do you know that they sell um, cat wine so that you can essentially drink wine alone with your cat because that is a fairly large market of uh, with considerable purchasing power? Wow, and the only reason I asked you this, Spencer, is I 
feel like this would might be useful information at some point for you in the future. While <laughs> that stage of my life is likely inevitable, I'm happy to say I've not quite reached it yet. Um, I heard about Hang this. In I there. also. <laughs> um, also, apparently, like a little bit of wine is a good thing to give your cat because it helps flush out their kidneys. Hmm. Hmm. Um, Never heard that before. I don't know if this is actually true or not, but there's uh, there was this story uh, maybe a year or so ago, kind of going around about this man who had this cat who was like 25, 28 years old. And he swore that what he had done was every morning he gives the cat just a little bit of coffee in a saucer and every evening gives the cat a little bit of wine. Um, and because those are both kind of diuretics, it helps the cat continue to flush out their kidneys. And most cats die from kidney disease. Or, I mean, kidney disease is a thing that affects a large proportion of cats. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe hmm. if he had tried a vibrator, it would have gone better. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we got to explore these alternative remedies and just see what we find out. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to hear about the Catini? <laughs> Tell us what is in the drink. So the Catini... Hold on, I've lost it now. We've gone so far afield from where we were. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly... Cat, it, it's a catnip extract <laughs> it's, with, yeah. with uh, s- some gin. Um, and a little bit of mouse liver bitters. Um so it is one five-ounce can of salt-free tuna in water, a third oh of a cup of water, two mm-hmm. tablespoons of clam juice or low-sodium low chicken broth with sardines and catnip for garnish. That one's going to have a smell to it. <laughs> this goes back to people, like, taking cod liver oil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll clean you out. Or there was a... there was a. Um, it will. People were... Uh, taking fish oil tablets a whole bunch like maybe five or Mm -hmm. ten years ago um, and everybody was like burping fish flavored things all around. It was very Mm -hmm. gross. Not one of my favorite wellness trends in the world. I mean it is an important thing you know the omega 3 and omega 6 fatty acids but there are better ways to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, You just have to balance it out with marking your poisoning. But that, that is a fascinating thing to try and like I don't know many cats that would go for that, I feel like. Well, that's interesting, and that's kind of what I was thinking about, because my cats really don't like fishy-flavored things. It it definitely varies. I've had cats that just go bananas for tuna juice. Mm -hmm. When when you drain the can or whatever else, they would just try to climb me to get to it as fast as possible. And I've got others that would just turn up their noses to it. There is diversity. Yeah. yeah. Um, growing up, I had a cat that was very much a uh, everything tuna was like the best thing ever. Um, and obviously, this is some only in a Jewish household, also particularly like gefilte fish. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what, but what was very funny was apparently when I was a very, very young child, like six months to a year and liked pulling the cat's tail to make sure that the cat didn't hate me. Basically, every time I pulled his tail, he got tuna. <laughs> and he thought this was the best thing because he figured it out and would wave his tail. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. He was reversing the game of waving the fluffy object in front of the cat. He was waving the fluffy object in front of you. <laughs> Attack mm-hmm. this human, then I get you to fill the fish. 
He got tuned out of it. He was happy. Sure. Mm. So, um, no outrageous one-star reviews for me, but an outrageous cat-related cocktail. So I try to try to supplement where I can. We appreciate um, and just so you know, um, two vets have said that seems like bullshit. I mean, it sounds like bullshit. Yes. This would be on the wine? Uh, yeah, on the, the, the wine, uh, clearing out the kidneys. Gotcha. I, I decided that I could call in a quick consultation. <laughs> you just texted vets that you know to get that? Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes is the answer to that. <laughs> sure, just wanted to confirm. Well, getting into the story itself, uh, BJ, in a position to lead us through it? Um, yeah, just let me uh, pull it up right now and, and we'll get to it. So, um... It's it's fairly, it's a fairly straightforward story. I, I feel like, and it, and it is fairly fairly short. Um, so, um, basically, it's almost a um, documentary style thing mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. where the uh, main character, the AI, is kind of talking to the audience. There's a confessional uh, kind of element to it. Yes, um, and it starts out. And in a, I don't want to be evil, um, and and so it very much sets the tone of a, uh, of what the story is, and so I want to be helpful, and and so it goes into this AI, basically trying to figure out how to be good, and talking a little bit about how uh, they came to be, a little bit about who helped create them, and. Uh, a little bit of detail about the the lives around them and then has some like random internet references to just to uh throw in some street cred um and i feel like so so there's this side of me that i don't know why i did this and i feel like i need to ask you guys about it but did you do you have a a gender in mind for this ai or is it completely neutral female I totally thought this was male. Interesting. So I also went female, um, and there was never a doubt in my mind for some reason. I, from yeah, ch- and I keep wanting to say one. she. That that's really interesting. I don't to know me. why. I never at any yes. point assumed that this was a male, or assumed that this was a woman. And in fact, the voice that I was reading it in was a male voice. Did anyone play the audio version? No, oh, I didn't. The, no, you I look, did not. Oh yeah. Someone click the audio version. Is it male or female? Um, Hold on. I don't. I, where did I put it? Subscribe to the podcast. Oh my god. Oh, it's what? involved. Never mind. We'll, we'll, we'll edit that in. Oh, there, there's the MP3. Okay. Yeah, because it. it I, I, it's interesting. I didn't even really think about it. I almost assumed that it had been gendered at some point because from from get go, I assumed it was a woman. It does sound like a female narrator. But that's not super helpful. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, interesting thing to point out, BJ. I had not thought about that at all. I, I yeah. almost, I'd almost imagined it at some point. It said, you know, at some point it said it was a woman, just because I so much assumed it was. And and like I knew I was projecting something into that, and I didn't know what it was. And and Sarah, like I find it very interesting that you think it's it's met yeah. male because. Well, and presumably, like, I, like I, the author is a woman as well. Not that that necessarily means anything. Um, yeah. So that's really anyway. interesting. 
Okay, yeah. I'm going to think I, about I guess, that while... <laughs> I, I mean, I'd love to find more people that have read it and ask them. Um, mm-hmm. And just maybe you can, like, voice this upon people that you know, Sarah, and be like, hey, you should read this. By the it's way... It's a fun little story. Yeah. It'll take you, like, five, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. I... I just sent it to my parents. I'm going to ask them this question after they read it. And I'd be super fascinated if it was a very othering thing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to see. Let's get a sample size. Of all of our parents. <laughs> um, That'll work. We're testing the baby boomers now. Um, so, uh, Spencer, do you think you're going to have to explain to them what Rule 34 is? No, they know. Interesting. <laughs> Um, I think my mom's not going to be happy if she asks me because I will tell her what it is. Um, there are some things that she's amused about, like um, I think I explained to her what a wingman is, and she thought it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> um, but like, it's about fifty-fifty when she asks me about like random things that she's not quite familiar with. Whether she's just like, I didn't need to know about that, or <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, anyway, so for the record, get... I don't know what Rule Thirty Four is, and oh, let's go into that it's, then. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> it, it's very simple. Basically, if something exists, there is porn of it. I mean, yeah. I could have like guessed that from context clues in yes this story. Um, but it but it is a very old rule of the quote unquote internet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, uh, so we get fairly quickly into the this AI really likes cat pictures Mm -hmm. and um, the AI also likes the idea of helping people Mm -hmm. Um, and references a short story by Bruce Sterling called uh, Maneki Neko, which or I'm probably pronouncing that poorly, um, which is. Uh, refers essentially to the uh, white Asian cats that uh, wave their paws. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a weird, interesting story, um, which I read basically because I was like, oh, I wonder if this is actually a thing. And I kind of am happy that it's an actual thing, as opposed to um, a number of things that we've encountered recently which aren't actual things, like Station Eleven. Um <laughs> And, You're not and over that yet. There. <laughs> I, I'm not over that. Station Eleven recently came up with something I was reading or talking to somebody. Oh, somebody on my Facebook feed. There's this challenge going about like name books that you really liked without an explanation. And Station Eleven came up there, and I had to like walk away from the computer rather than say I'm still pissed off that, that I don't. <laughs> oh like my god, DJ. <laughs> BJ. Just draw the comic book yourself. Bring this thing into existence. You've got enough material to work with. Oh my god. It'd be a very angry comic. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so so this AI basically takes it upon itself to try and help people around there sort of in the, the same style of the AI in, in this short story. Um, and so after, like, reading a bunch uh, into religions like the Ten Commandments and the Eightfold Path and as seems always to be referenced in things like this Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics Mm -hmm. um, it basically decides that uh, sort of the golden rule maybe is a little bit helpful but 
um, really just trying to intervene and, and help people's the way that it wants to go. Um, and then so it chooses a woman named Stacy that Stacy Berger that it likes because she has a DSLR camera and five cats and lots and lots of cat <laughs> pictures means that she she obviously needs uh, this AI's help. Yeah, I, do, I do enjoy that the AI is dedicated to being a beneficial AI to humanity in part because the humanity so much presumes that AI are inherently malevolent. But it's going to focus on those that are giving it the best cat picks. Mm -hmm. There's priorities that need to be addressed here first. Very clearly. Um, and basically it talks about how how an AI that, that isn't really in control of everything, like Skynet or something like that, might go about intervening in somebody's life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, can't just send her messages to go do things and, and she will go do it, she being Stacy. It has to, like show some ads and do it, it's very much a personified google search engine that's where the ai even actually originated right i mean it it came to consciousness accidentally by being a browser engine or at least a, yes a, a, a assistive search algorithm on a browser engine yes i know and this story um, has made me question so much more the ads that i have been getting <laughs> <laughs> what does something want you to do <laughs> And um, anytime the the uh, maps function on my phone tells me there's traffic somewhere and I should take another route, like really, is that really what's going on? What's on this route? <laughs> I mean, you should just start stopping places. <laughs> oh, here's the abandoned shed next to <laughs> the gas station that I was going to. Obviously, that's where I'm supposed to go. <laughs> I mean, I don't see why not. What could go wrong? Well, what various ways is, is it attempting to help Stacy here? Um, oh, and Mountain View is where Alphabet is. Mm. Um, so, so yes, very much Google. Um, so the AI understands that that um, she is depressed, and so starts showing her ads for um, psychiatrists near her, mental health clinic, and and maybe getting a better job so how about i send her some job postings and resume services and things like that and so basically through some finagling um the ai convinces uh stacy to uh upload her resume and so the ai can really help her out there because the ai has access to all sorts of recruiters and and people that are looking for um a, a uh, bookkeeper i think it is mm -hmm. and essentially get gets her hired and then uh, figures out through her talking to her best friend um, that maybe talking to her best friend would help as well getting her some mental health help um, which the AI does and and she does start getting some mental help and everything sort of seems to improve and so a uh, job well done mm -hmm. yeah. initial success in the first foray into helping humanity yeah um, so she tries again yeah. <laughs> with bob um bob is a tougher case yeah for one he only has one cat which you know that's just, i mean it is a tabby right with a white bib so so it's a pretty good cat <laughs> it's a good cat but stacy had five so there's just le there's, there's differing levels of investment that's probably involved here yes um Bob has Bob has a few problems that are a little bit more difficult to uh, address. 
So, Spencer, what problems would you say that Bob has? Bob is a gay preacher, and that is, it's a certain case of repressed homosexuality that he's not revealed to either his congregation or his wife, and has doubled down in terms of hiding it by preaching a very conservative agenda to his conservative church, which is self-destructive and unpleasant in all kinds of ways, and the computer rapidly kind of struggles to even know how to confront that. Yeah, it has it has monitored all of his sort of uh, uh, interactions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a word. Online, uh, and has has come to this decision and is trying to figure out okay, what in this sort of sideways way that I was trying to get to Stacy, what can I do here? And there are there are a couple of problems with this approach. Um, mm-hmm. One of which is that the AI doesn't and can't know what Bob is doing offline. No, it, it knows right. where he goes. It knows seemingly or what encrypted he's... accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it it knows what he's presumably arranging, but as for what plays out in those locked doors and closed rooms, it it can't do that. It apparently can't hack into cameras or anything, much less there being cameras in those rooms. Mm-hmm. So the AI um, is really trying to figure out a way to get Bob outed, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, so that he so has Sarah, to make a change. Yes. I just need to make a comment hmm. that um, your using interactions might be your version uh, going forward. <laughs> it started. <laughs> That's fine. Of, uh, I stand by that. Spencer's mentoring. I stand by that. It's accurate. Um, I stand by mentorship, and let's see why that's resulted for me. Um, so, but. so the AI starts sending, kind of directing Bob towards interactions um, with people who are maybe a member of his congregation or who he might know socially in some way, with the idea that kind of once they meet, whoever that person is might either might either out Bob themselves or kind of convince Bob to come out on his own. Yeah, or, like, understand that this is, like, a maybe larger part of his Mm -hmm. life than, than, and the people around him than he might have expected. Yes. Um, And, go ahead. This is kind of a risky move on the computer's part. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Forcibly outing somebody to primarily a conservative congregation where that's his entire social base and friend base and family could work out poorly, but this seems like a computer that's just kind of frustrated that the subtle efforts initially didn't work. Well, also, it probably doesn't have a good concept of the risks, the ramifications yeah. that something like this might have. Yeah, and mm-hmm. what the, and what those kind of social set, social um, circles and networks might mean outside of this part of Bob's life that this AI can see, which mm-hmm. is primarily concerned around, or primarily revolving around his sexuality, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, presumably it's a little bit less of the social media aspect as opposed to, of his life, as opposed to, like, what he's doing in terms of emails and, yeah. and other things like that. Yeah. Right. It- it's a computer that inherently understands what is necessary to bring about a benefit without understanding the reasons that a person wouldn't go towards those mm-hmm. or what the possible consequences or ramifications would be from pursuing them. 
it's kind of baffled by the idea that I inherently know what humans should do, and I don't know why they're not going about it. I'll help them go about those things. Without really pondering the reasons for the delays or, or, or uh, blocks that are in place. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. given the substantial delay that the AI is experiencing with Bob, um, it moves it's on. It's boring. <laughs> We're going to do something else. Yes. Uh, to Bethany. Um, yes. And, and there's a very yin-yang... Uh, black and white cat that's suckled together on a Papasan chair. Mm-hmm. Sounds adorable. <laughs> I was going to say, Spen- Spencer, like, I, we tease you about hating puppies, but, but did reading about cats, like, make you wistful? Wistful is a word. It's a word that doesn't go far <laughs> enough. It's a word, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just go, having said that, I'll just go with Yes. <laughs> At a philosophical point you just slammed on before I even got halfway there. <laughs> Spencer, what was your philosophical no, point? No, it's it, done it now. Just... It's ruined. Let's go into Bethany. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard the name I... Bethany said with so much venom, Spencer. Well, by the time we're done with her, we might, it might be merited. All right, let's go. Um, so, so Bethany has, has her cats and she spends a lot of time taking pictures of them, um, and is essentially leeching off her sister because she's partially employed and not um, really able to care for herself. Mm-hmm. I was going to say something way less nice. Um, <laughs> oh, do tell <laughs> a mediocre person. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, I mean, a lot of it probably isn't her fault, but yet apparently she has her best friend that she sent a longer email than probably some papers that I've written. <laughs> and got the response, I'm sorry, you're having a hard time, which if somebody sent me an email that long oh, that boy. had <laughs> the life that she was leading, I might... If, so- um, if someone sent me an email that long, I would call them. Because there's no text response that is appropriate to that kind of spiel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Bethany seems to be struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she seems like she could merit the same help that that, uh, that the bookkeeper did, mm-hmm. um, Stacy, and, and, you know, really make something for herself. Yeah, so um, give, exposes her to mental health surveys, tries to give her directions to various clinics that would help her. None of those yeah, really seemed to be clicking. Yeah, she had a difficult mm-hmm. boyfriend, and then she got a new boyfriend who was better, and then he didn't immediately return her text or something, <laughs> and so she sent him a, a five-page email telling him <sighs> that she was not happy. She, she, needs, um, she needs to stop with the emails. The emails are not helping things. Yeah, um, and and then and and I like how unhappy this AI is about vague booking. <laughs> um, so uh, and basically, so so in her unhappiness and 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 trying to figure out how she's going to pay her bills, yeah, it helps her start a, a GoFund uh, meow campaign. And basically, the money that she got from this campaign, she went and bought uncomfortable shoes with. 
mm-hmm. and the AI is kind of like, I've mentored you as far as I can, we are done, um, but kind of like a, what did I do wrong? This is kind of a war game situation of, through Bethany, the AI learns the concept of futility. (laughs) I've done everything I could. I've done all the right steps. I have done everything in my power to lead you along the necessary path, and you've just actively thwarted it. There is nothing I can do to help you. The only winning move is not to play. Yeah. uh, I I think that this starts to get into, like, the uh, problems with social media. Sorry, Sarah. Were you no, say it's that? fine. It's but it, it, the AI does go on to a pretty significant rant about this whole topic before kind of throwing throwing its hands up in the air um, or whatever an AI would throw up in the air, <laughs> and um, you know does this kind of like literally I can fix everything for you. You just have to listen to me. All I want are cat picture pack, cat pictures and for you to, like, act in your own interest every once in a while. Occasionally. Yes. It's not much to ask. Um, no, and so this is the point at which the AI is like, okay, I'm done. I've learned my lesson. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to look at the cat pictures that you keep posting, and I will be happy. Everyone is still posting cat pictures. I love cat pictures. Mm-hmm. Fine. But. And then. <laughs> and, and then. Um, Bob pops up again today. Or really, and actually, Iowa. Bob's cat pops mm-hmm. up again. <laughs> um, yeah, but with new furniture new in a different state. Furniture. Yeah. Yes. He had a, a beneficial interaction. He did have a beneficial interaction. He had a positive interaction. Um, that that ended up with him coming out, having a long talk with his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and she stopped interacting with him. Yes, yeah. then there were no interactions. Um, and then this, there is a line here that is <laughs> kind of the most Midwestern thing. He'd, He'd taken, taken the, the cat, cat and moved, moved to, to Iowa, Iowa. <laughs> where he was working also, at a liberal Methodist church and dating a liberal Lutheran man and volunteering at a homeless shelter. This is like my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> So, but really, Missouri to Iowa? Uh, I don't know about that. That doesn't seem right in terms of, like, where he's trying to go. Uh, well, I think that um, the... I mean, it is sci-fi. Yes, yeah, so, well, <laughs> Illinois might have made more more sense. Um, but, you know, Iowa has its... I've never been to Iowa. I mean, there I are parts know. of Wisconsin um, that would make sense. Yeah, that's true. Then you get into sort of the Garrison-Keeler Lutheranism. That would... Sure. Um, but anyway, things are better. Things are better yes. for Bob. Um, and, you know, things are working out. And so um, the AI decides that it wants to uh, foster more interactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Um, so it set up a dating site where you fill out a questionnaire, um, but you need to take cat pictures for it. Also, it's an <laughs> unnecessary questionnaire because the AI knows everything about you anyway. It yes. wants you to feel comfortable when you're coming in. There's a degree of agency in a world that I'm actually an omnipotent control over. Mm-hmm. I, yes. And this is very much a, it's not must love dogs, but must take pictures of cats. Yes. <laughs> I also enjoy that the AI has apparently been inspired by meatloaf lyrics in, ter- in terms of its uh, success. That You know, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> um, so that's where we end, really. 
yeah, yeah that, that's it. it it's a uh, I, I i honestly think the email that um bethany sent is probably longer than this story we we can chest this one second <laughs> yeah let us know uh, i think it might be um and so this is you know we were sort of talking about this this is the perfectly pleasant story this is this is the perfect like bathroom reading material kind of story yes um yeah. it is completely innocuous um there are probably only a couple of states that would burn this book um, <laughs> uh, it's also it's also 3400 words so i'm afraid that it is actually really st- close though <laughs> Yeah, the story is just, it, it's like browsing cat pictures. It's just, it's perfectly pleasant, it's fun. It's yep. got some interesting liter- um, literature comparisons of mm-hmm. where, in some ways it reminds me a lot of something it references a lot, but there's a few chapters in Frankenstein of where Frankenstein is learning to be human by kind of hanging out next to some huts and just yeah. watching the humans about their routine and helping them out occasionally. And then it goes great, and it learns to speak and write and interact and is dedicated to helping these people and to really invest in the family. And then it reveals itself, and everything falls apart immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like this AI read that story and went, okay, I realize where you went wrong. Let's leave out the exposing myself thing and focus on the rest. And that works out great. That seems like a good thing to leave out in general, Spencer. Um, so... I also thought it was very interesting, and, and as I mentioned before, I did appreciate that it did reference this other story. Um, I I would recommend this other story. Um, it, it's sort of, but it's a little bit um, white person writing, writing about Japan, which is a little weird, mm-hmm. but um, it was whatever, 89 or, or whatever, so that was, that was a thing that was more common. Um, or 98? I don't remember. 98. <laughs> Back in the more, mists well, of time. Whatever. Essentially. Like, it's a, it, 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 it really does, to me, read like an 80s sci-fi yeah. where, honestly, this feels a, like, if you would have asked me when this was written or published, because it was probably written before it was published because that's how things work mm-hmm. um i probably would have said like mid to early 2000s as opposed to like 2010s mm-hmm. um just sort of in the feel of it but yeah it does um, feel kind of like earlier internet so so i don't know um basically i just sort of in all of the the things that it talks about whereas um in uh hungry starving daughters of hungry mothers Mm -hmm. that you know specifically referenced the tesla put it sort of in a time and place and i feel like the time and place that it that this is putting itself into is is a little bit older than when it came out but it it has the touch bases that sort of everybody's familiar in terms of what's sort of going on on the internet Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um this was also Apparently, in November of 2019, a uh, YA novel came out based on this story called Catfishing on Catnet. I don't think I'm going to read that one. (laughs) I will take an hour and read it and report back. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm really curious. I'll totally read it for you guys. It's fine. (laughs) This worked well because it's short. 
worked well because it's in a short story format. I don't know how well you could stretch this. Well, and that's why I'm kind of interested in it because we had we had talked about that very briefly, but like I I don't know. Um because I don't actually like this story itself. I don't know where else you would go except a sort of like more prolonged like I it feels so, like you would just do the same thing over and over again, right? Um, I could see it going a, a slightly different direction and being a very similar feel YA novel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm like eighty percent sure Spencer will be familiar with this. Um, but Sarah, did you ever watch Ghost Writer? No. Okay. Um, I I think I I hit the nail on that head with Spencer's <laughs> little I'm, chuckle. I'm with you. Um, so there was a show on PBS. I don't re- really remember much about like the etiology of it, um, but basically there was this a group of kids that would do stuff. I, I think it was like kind of Scooby Doo ish, mm-hmm. um, but basically their their partner was this ghost that would write things to them, um, and I don't remember how it would do that. <laughs> Because it's been a really long time since I've seen it. Spencer, do you remember? Uh, no. When you said Knight Rider, I thought you'd went, I thought you were talking about the television show with the artificial intelligent no, no, car. No. Ghost Rider. Ghost, a, sorry. A I do not know PBS this show, actually. show a long time ago. Anyway. Um, and so I can sort of imagine it that way where, like, a bunch of kids start trying to help out things or people basically by talking to this AI. Yeah, that's how I would write that well, YA novel. I am, but I ha- well, I am looking at um, the Amazon listing for it, and what it seems to be is it c- sort of picks up where this story leaves off, and so oh, we end site. up on the dating site. Okay. Yes. That, that's a weird YA novel start. Well, it's a uh, near future YA thriller. Um, that explores issues of online privacy, artificial intelligence, and the power and perils of social networks. Why? Why is okay. a is a weird category now? Given that most people that are reading YA novels statistically are in their twenties, so why is a broad category for, in terms of people that are reading it? Yeah. Well, I have um, put a copy of it on hold on my library app, so we will see. It's not supposed to be available for six weeks, so I'm not really sure oh what's my going God. on there. It's got demand. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'll report back sometime. Right. We expect a thorough review in six weeks' time. Done. Well, seven weeks. We'll so give you time to read it. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, it sounds like we all kind of give it somewhere in that B B minus B plus territory. Yeah, yeah. I found it charming. It was I I enjoyed reading it. Will I mm-hmm. remember it after having read the YA novel? <laughs> <laughs> Will I remember maybe, it maybe seven weeks from now? I'm not sure. <laughs> fondness and, and wistfulness for the brevity of, yes. of the short story as opposed to <laughs> when I'm hundred and fifty pages in saying what on earth is going on. Um, we, yeah, we we we've talked before that one of the biggest flaws we see in short stories is the author doesn't know what they want to do with it in mm-hmm. the format that they have. This author knew exactly what she wanted to do and yeah. worked the format well, and yeah. that's a successful short story. I think that's a, I think that's a really good point. I feel like this is a very tightly crafted short story. Um, mm-hmm. It has a very mm-hmm. particular voice that it maintains the entire time. Um, mm-hmm. It 
has plot points that it hits, but it hits them from this frame that um, you were talking about in the beginning of the sort of confessional-ish kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And within those plot points, despite the fact that they're really like quite disconnected from our narrator and our main character, like you get a lot of you get a lot of information in that, but you also get like. Um, uh, like really a lot of character building from that as well not just of um, the people that this AI is trying to help but kind of of the AI's worldview itself so I don't know I think it does I think it does a lot of things really well <laughs> it, it also taps into something that science fiction often can do well or where it's providing an outside perspective to provide commentary or mocking of humanity Yeah, and that's always fun when done well mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, th- I think you've really hit the nail on the head there where it's it's very much in that bailiwick of sci-fi where it's it is very much an alternate world but it says something about the world that we live in mm-hmm. um and there were a lot of sci-fi books in the 80s that sort of talked about like corporate worlds and this one is very much talking about like uh social society and and how it sort of relates to social networks and and yeah, it was a good one. And it's also succeeded in making us very paranoid about our respective uh, ads that we get in our searches. So, that's Man. fun, too. <laughs> so, you say that, but, like, I mean, I, I'm, I have fully bought into the Google insanity, and, and it thoroughly amuses me, and I'm fine with it. So, um, it, like, the people don't don't take the suggestions and like i a hundred a hundred percent do um so like i've talked a lot about my searching for restaurants and stuff like that and so on google maps there is a for you thing mm-hmm. that initially i was only getting restaurants and you know that that seemed very on point you know, the more I search for other things, it's like, oh, would you like to do these things this weekend? Or maybe how about next weekend? Like, I saw you search for this. <laughs> are, are you interested in, like, restaurants in these other places? <laughs> and so I very much get, you know, semi more regular recommendations for San Diego, where I am. But I'll get Raleigh area recommendations every so often at, at a fairly reasonable pace. <laughs> I, I, I have one. to point out, uh, Spencer, mm-hmm. I am not paranoid about um, the ads that are coming through, but if, if a sentient AI is trying to help me in some way, I feel like I should be paying more attention to them. <laughs> it, it's good to see that you both are basically just saying, <laughs> I, for one, embra- welcome our new AI overlords. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if the, like, the worst that they're going to do is send me to like a not great restaurant, then yeah, like that's fine. I, I need to know at a certain point whether they tolerate rapid pictures because I am very much low on access to cat pictures right now. <laughs> well, once you embrace and, you know, revert for, to your old cat lady status. For all the AIs listening, it's basically a cat with bunny ears on. Just work, work with that kind of understanding. To the sentient AIs listening, um, just take half of my cat pictures as tribute for Spencer. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Sarah. Generous of you. You don't get frost. (laughs) No, you can have the video. It's fine. (laughs) Helped accidentally make frost a social media sensation. (laughs) That's true. Um, All right. So, anything else we uh, need to talk about before we go back to our respective pets? 
<laughs> no, this story was fun. BJ, thank you for recommending it. Yep, um, I'm happy we read it. I think it was a very good quick foray into a lighter science fiction than we usually end up reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm a little surprised that it won as many awards as it did. This, yeah, this won that's the freaking Hugo, didn't it? <laughs> Uh, it it won the Hugo and uh, the Locus. Hmm. You, you know, it may just be it's kind of novel to have a science fiction story that's just kind of lighthearted and pleasant nowadays. It's a lot. Yeah, and yeah, we were talking about that. So yeah. Um. So if our listeners um are looking for more ways that they can appease their sentient AI overlords, where can they go? Um. They can send any cat pictures that they're interested in, in submitting. Um, you can go to mangumtalks.com and click contact us and submit any cat pictures you want there. Um, any questions, comments, or story recommendations as well. But cat pictures might be preferred. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also, on mangumtalks.com, there are also a bunch of other podcasts. Um, some that deal with some sort of um interesting tv show about the worst people and spencer being kind of drunk <laughs> talking about them it's um fun. mangum talks tv um they are currently wrapping up the second season of succession i believe uh, we got a few left but we're getting there um and then there is uh whiskey on the weekends where we drink whiskey and talk about all sorts of things um there is on occasion mangum laughs and mangum talks hoops um and yeah then we have our own pottercast within a podcast pottering around where we are often running on book two of harry potter um so yeah Go there. Download our episodes. Listen to them. (laughs) Listen to all the things. (laughs) But until then, we'll be coming back to you with new content come next week, and we hope you will join us and listen to it. Bye, y'all. Have a good one.